Last night, I talked about compassion in the context of the overall development of our practice uh, with this metaphor of the two wings of awakening and the uh, need to bring balance in the big picture and the small and on the small scale. And I've been thinking about compassion recently, not only in terms of being a Brahma-Vihara practice, but as a really powerful support for our ethical conduct, for our commitment to non-harming. So on opening night, we took the five training precepts, our commitment to non-harming through actions of body and speech and mind. And it's really compassion that underpins that commitment to non-harming because as we understand with wisdom that just as we want to be free from suffering, so too do all living beings. And in order to strengthen compassion and ethical conduct, we need to develop the capacity to see life from other people's perspective, to be able to put ourselves in their shoes And this capacity is one that we can develop very powerfully through the compassion practice. And so undertaking this training to come closer to our own pain, distress, suffering is actually an ethical practice. Because if we're disconnected from our own pain, then we're more likely to act it out unconsciously and to harm ourselves and other people in the process. So... uh, Some of you may be familiar with the phrase, hurt people, hurt people. We can really understand that if we ourselves were happy and at ease, we're so much less likely to act in ways that are unskillful and harmful. So hurt people, hurt people. And the other side of that is that healed people, heal people. So in this practice, as we develop wisdom and compassion together, it becomes a powerful strategy of harm minimization. And having said that, I also want to emphasize that like all of the Brahma-Vihara practices, this is a quality that we develop slowly and gently. And particularly when it comes to working with painful and distressing situations, we really need to take care and to start where it comes most naturally. So sometimes I use the analogy of lifting weights. If we want to lift heavy weights, we don't start with 50 or 70 kilos. We start with 5 or 10, and we gradually work that compassion muscle until we do have the capacity to deal with heavier things. So this practice is not about trying to blast through our defenses or force our hearts to open or will ourselves to feel some kind of emotion. That's actually just more aversion, which is the very opposite of the compassion that we're trying to cultivate. So if we do notice any of those kinds of attitudes, we try to turn the compassion directly to them. And if necessary, we might need to take a break until we're feeling a bit more resilient again. So this afternoon, I wanted to offer a few approaches to working with our own difficult emotions. And the first thing to keep in mind is that we're doing our best to stay in balance with them. So this middle way that I've been emphasizing of, on the one hand, not avoiding or ignoring or denying or repressing 
those difficult emotions. But on the other hand, not falling into them, not being overwhelmed by them, not inadvertently feeding them in some way. So when we're starting to explore these more challenging emotions, the first thing we need to do is pay attention to the context of the the situations that we're in. So if we have a huge deadline at work or we have a whole pile of relatives coming to stay, that might not be the best time to be trying to uh, explore and meet these challenges. On the other hand, here on a retreat like this, we do have the luxury, relative luxury of time and space and more supportive conditions so that if these difficult emotions are coming up repeatedly, we might uh, take the opportunity to begin to get to know them a little more fully and to see their nature, as Greg has been emphasizing, to really see that they're impermanent and they're impersonal. And although we might understand that on a cognitive level, when a challenging emotion comes up with more intensity, it's not so easy to release our habitual way of relating to it. And often when we first come into contact with a difficult emotion of some kind, the instinctive response is to tighten up around it, to contract. And we can feel that in the body often quite directly. If you think of some painful thought that might have come through the mind, often there's this like, oh, and the kind of the fists clench and the jaw tightens and the shoulders hunch a little bit. At least that's true for me. All of you will find your own physical responses. So a useful first strategy when we notice that initial hit of tightening is to try to relax. And I've been using a lot the uh, a kind of a mantra from the Zen teacher Charlotte Joko Beck, uh, which she refers to as ABC. And this ABC is the invitation to create a bigger container. So when we notice this tightening around a difficult emotion, we try to see if we can relax and create a bigger container. And that might mean physically sitting up straighter and perhaps opening the shoulders and breathing a little more deeply and almost literally making more space in the body, creating a bigger container with the body. So the analogy that she uses is this. um, If we put a wild horse in a small corral, it kicks and goes crazy. But if we let that same horse out into a bigger paddock, into a bigger field, it has more room to move. The energy is the same, but because it's held within more space, it doesn't have the same harmful effects. So we can make more space, remembering the mantra of ABC. But also, a second invitation is to practice what I call touch and go. So often people think, well, I'm supposed to, when I encounter some emotion, just sort of drill down into it and stay with it. But often that too is a form of aversion. And if the emotion is strong, we can end up just being overwhelmed by it. So in all of this, we're trying to stay in balance. So the invitation to practice touch and go means that we might just know, note or notice, 
oh, moment of grief or loneliness or anger or shame or whatever it might be. We know it, we name it, we recognize it. We might acknowledge it as in the rain instructions that Greg gave this morning. So if we have a few moments, if we have the capacity, we touch into it and we know it. We investigate it, not in an intellectual way, but just noticing how does this feel in the body? What are the effects on the heart? What are the effects on the mind? So we're tuning in, not intellectually, but with a more intuitive felt sense in the body. And then perhaps at some point, maybe very quickly, we might realize that's enough. And so we might sometimes even literally bow to it. Thank you, grief. Thank you, anger. Thank you, loneliness. And then we go. And go in this context means just bringing the awareness, the attention to somewhere else that's either neutral or pleasant. So we might move the attention just back to simply knowing the breath, coming into the body, leaving the body. We might go physically, actually, okay, it's time to do some walking meditation. So we might go quite literally into another space. We might go by opening the eyes and looking out of the window or looking at the stained glass or taking in the space of the room. So go just means taking our attention away from the challenging emotion if it starts to, to get a little bit too intense. If it's really seriously intense, then we might go for a walk or go for a cup of tea or go for a hot shower. But again, what makes this a skillful strategy is that it's done with awareness. So we're not just touching into the emotion, tensing up and then running out the door to get a cup of tea. We're trying to bring as much awareness to what we're doing as possible in the service of listening. So what we're trying to do is, um, to use a medical term, we're trying to titrate the dose of the challenging emotion. And this term titrate uh, is used in medicine to refer to the process of finding the right dose of a medication so that it's uh, enough to be effective, but not so much that it has side effects. And in a similar way with difficult emotions, we're trying to see if we can find the dose that actually strengthens our emotional immune system without overwhelming it, but also not avoiding it so that we never learn the skill of managing it or working with it more skillfully. So one way of titrating the dose is to set time limits on being with it. So in this situation, I'm talking about really recurring, sticky emotions. Um, I'm not talking about just the ones that come and go and pass through of their own accord. So if we become aware of some kind of fairly intense, what feels like a more core or deep-rooted emotion, we might want to, you know, for practicing in our room, even use a clock and, and notice, set ourselves, okay, I'll be with this for one minute or two minutes. We set ourselves a time, and within that one or two minutes, we just notice, we try to stay with the symptoms as best we can. And then at the end of the time, again, we might just bow, okay, thank you, and do something different. Perhaps uh, um, 
it's not, this is not cheating. You know, sometimes people say, well, if I do that, I'm missing a chance to be with this emotion. But because I'm talking about ones that are more intense and sticky, the chances are that perhaps uh, it goes away this time, but at some point there will be another opportunity to explore it. At other times, we might want to actually apply an antidote in the form of uh, the self-compassion practice that we've been um, offering. So perhaps imagining, visualizing the energy of compassion, the warmth, the kindness, the light, whatever way visually or imaginatively or energetically works for you. You might use phrases as a, at least a, an intellectual reminder So some of the phrases I use for self-compassion, I'm aware of this pain, because that's really the first stage is being willing to be aware of it rather than trying to ignore it. So I'm aware of this pain. I care about this pain. So that's the invitation to try to meet it with kindness. I care about this pain. May this pain release. May I know peace. So we're touching into the pain with the wish that it be released so that we may know peace. And if at any time this uh, feels like it's too much, then taking the strategic withdrawal is actually wise and skillful and compassionate. So you can go back to offering compassion to yourself or you can change back to metta or you can stop the practice completely and just rest in mindfulness of breathing. You might even remember, too, if it's in the way, it is the way. And as our capacity to be with difficult emotions increases, we might at times even feel a a kind of appreciation for having these opportunities to really connect with our own challenges and to be with them skillfully, so that we can do the same thing for others. So this afternoon, I'd like to offer a fairly short, maybe 15, 20-minute practice to experiment with some of those techniques that I just offered. And because all of this is um, about self-compassion, the first thing to do is to check for each one of you and see, does this feel like the right time for me to to be doing something like this. It may be that for some of you, this is not the right time. So just, uh, you're totally invited to, if you want to, um, do your own practice. So you can go and do walking or you can practice in your room. If you um, would like to do that, that's completely fine. And so if it ends up with being just me and Greg, then we'll practice together, assuming that Greg doesn't also want to leave. So really, uh, it's an open invitation, uh, Brad. If you feel like you're already in the middle of something that's, uh, you know, a little too intense and you don't necessarily feel like you have the resources, you're really already emotionally exhausted or you've got a lot of other stuff on, um, don't, for whatever reason, um, it's really your choice. But as I say, it'll be 15 to 20 minutes and I'll give you um, some of those techniques to practice with. And I'll invite us to do it lying down again, if you'd like. So 
If you'd like to experiment with that, just taking a few minutes now to set yourselves up so that you can be somewhat comfortable. <laughs> 